0: Action. Welcome to Torn Stubs, the trash movie podcast with me, Robert Gershenson, photographer and head of podcasts at Trash, which can be found at movetotrash.co.uk
1: and Joshua Winning, the greatest film critic you've never heard of. And we're going to the movies. Kevin and Perry Go Large is a British comedy that came out in the year 2000. It's directed by Ed By. It's... T- <laughs> Bye <Burn>. oh, <yeah>. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> it stars tragically unhip buddies Kevin and Perry played by Harry Enfield and Kathy Burke, who are desperate for three things. Girls, girls, and more girls. When they inadvertently disrupt a bank robbery, they use their cash reward to fly to Ibiza. Oh, but Kevin's parents are also long for the ride. Will they ruin the guy's chances of landing girlfriends and fulfilling their dream of becoming star DJs? Rob, what did you think about this film?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day, I really enjoyed Harry Enfield and Chums. Did you? I loved it. Because there was like this moment in the 90s when sketch shows were like the new rock and roll. So Harry Enfield had one. The Fast Show was born out of that because of Paul Whitehouse, Uh, Goodness Gracious Me.
1: French and Saunders. French
0: and Saunders, The League of Gentlemen at the the, the tail end of of that decade. But Harry Enfield and Chums seemed to bridge this gap between what the kids were watching and what the mums and dads were watching. So it was this really multi-generational thing, which is, I quite... I think it's quite unique to British television. Mm -hmm. You know, Larry Grayson and the Generation Game did that. Uh, Monty Python did that. Uh, Are You Being Served? That kind of thing. Naughty humour that was really acceptable (laughs) for mums and kids alike.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like people could watch the Kevin and Perry sketches and they could either relate to the, the kind of teenagers who hate their parents or the parents who are desperately trying to understand their moronically annoying and angry teenager.
0: Exactly. That's exactly it. And that sketch show had like a host of really genius characters. So you had Lulu and Harry. Do you that remember was my favourite. Lulu. Lulu, come to Harry. Uh, then there was Wayne and Wayneetta. <laughs> yeah. I am smoking a fag. on a brown baby. Uh, then you had conceitably Richard and Yao. Oh, I forgot that about that
1: one as well. Yeah. Just
0: these Brummies that would constantly brag about how much money they had. Yeah. Then there was the one that was, only me. It's only me. <laughs> really annoying neighbours. Um, then there was obviously <laughs> Kevin and Perry. And then there was the, the 1920s style uh, public service videos. Women, know your limits. Oh, uh, yes. Do you remember that? Then there was Tory Boy, yeah. very of its time. Yeah. And then Tim Nice But Dim. Yes.
1: Oh, yeah, Tim Nice But Dim.
0: Really iconic 90s character creations. Yeah. Of
1: all of those, I actually think Kevin and Perry was my least favourite. I agree, because it was all kind of just a bullshit teenager with the same one-liners. It was very
0: one-note, and they were very loud sketches. Yeah. Like the, you know, it was very much everything
1: do and everything else. And also, I was like a kind of... Ginger Teenager. So, I was yeah, I know, you can't really tell now. I'm so sun-kissed and blonde. <laughs> but I, it was just almost like a little bit too close to home, having a really grumpy ginger teenager. Does that make me Perry? <laughs> <laughs>
0: and there's a long tradition of UK comedy shows making the leap to the big screen. So The Likely Lads did it, or whatever became of The Likely Lads, I think was the, the, the true title. Are You Being Served did it? On the Buses did it. Yeah. Mr. Bean did it. Mr. Bean was the big one. Mr. Bean was the big one. But that was in the 90s. But in the 70s, every show would do it. And it would Mm. go from being shot on, like, shitty tape in a studio to being shot on 16mm film. So it always looked weird. And when they get shown now on bank holidays on, like, BBC2 or whatever, it's sometimes a real shock to see, you know, characters with a certain aesthetic that you're used to being shot in a studio environment yeah. to yeah. suddenly being shot on film they, they shot do you ever do you remember that um, that double episode with Only Fools and Horses when they go to Miami it's called oh, Miami yeah. Twice that was shot on film and it had no laughter track yes. so it's it's fine it doesn't feel jarring when they're in Miami but when they come back to the flat it just looks
1: weird why is it so quiet where's the laughter why is it
0: quiet why is it lit just incredibly differently. Yeah. It's lit like real life as opposed to, you know, completely lit like a TV show.
1: We're just loving hashtag lit at the moment. Hashtag lit. But they did that with um, that ab- absolutely fabulous movie. Was it last year, year before? Where um, you suddenly see that Adina has a pool out back. Oh. And that you'd never seen before. Like you always just assume that was a, I think it was actually... It was a wall. Like there was there was the kitchen window and then a wall. And then suddenly when it was the movie, the kitchen was twice the size and there was a pool out back. That's just inconsistent. (laughs) I
0: never I never liked Absolutely Fabulous, so I've only seen a couple of episodes and I never watched the film. And from what I understand, it's
1: not very good. I really liked the film, but the the film was kind of like the cameo game. So you're just kind of That's what I've heard. Because the story was basically non existent, you're waiting for the next amazing cameo to drop and explode. So it's more like a sketch show? It was kind of, yeah. It was good fun. It was silly, but it was good fun. So it's not unusual to see sitcom characters find their
0: way to the bigger screen because to take a show that's only half an hour long and just expand it a little bit more so you get an hour and a half, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when Bottom became Hotel Paradiso. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah, it wasn't oh. It wasn't particularly them saying these are definitely the same characters, but Rick Mayle and Adrian Edmondson together have a particular dynamic so it kind of was an unofficial adaptation mm. but it's not unusual and it, it, it it's not a big jump to take bottom which was a a solid half an hour mini play each episode. Each episode had a strong beginning, middle and end structure that could stand alone on its own. There was no through storyline. They were very much standalone It's not unusual for that it, it it's not a big leap to go, oh that could work in a film format. Mm-hmm. Kevin and Perry, if you look at those sketches, you wouldn't immediately
1: think, we could make a film out of this. Yeah, you wouldn't at all. No. Because they're one-note characters who basically play the same joke over and over again. And it, it there's no room for progression, really, is there? No, because there's no depth. There's no, yeah. There is no
0: character. It's a trope. And it, it's, yeah, a it's a one-note. sulky teenager and his, his like, d- dim-witted friend, hello, Mrs. Patterson, hello. <laughs> But in front of of Kevin, he'd always be like, "Yeah, I want to shag that bird. Yeah, I want. I want to. I want to shag that bird. He have he have vagina front bottom." But then in front of, <laughs> but in front of the parents, i like, know oh, "Mrs. Patterson, is I like a yeah. jam sandwich,
1: please?" Yeah, I love he, it. He just, he just,
0: which is that's the that's the only depth, and it's it's a very acute uh, observation of how kids are in front of themselves and how mm. they are in front of their parents, friends. Yeah, yeah. And, mm. And how they are in front of their friends and then their own parents. Yeah. But that's as deep as it gets. And unfortunately, that's as deep as it gets in the film.
1: But actually, they almost, they know that. Because when they have their big emotional fallout and then their big emotional reunion, it's not emotional, it's just funny. So, like, when they're crying and, like, sobbing into each other's shoulders, that's funny. And then kind of, like, slapping each other's shoulders, and, you know. Yeah. But it's not played for emotion, it's played for laughs. So they know they're but not is going it funny? For... I, this film, I was laughing along watching this film. Had you seen it before? I saw this when it first came out. I'd never seen it before. Oh, really? Because by
0: 2000, I'd lost interest. Yeah. My tastes had moved on. And I don't even think, I don't even think it went like series one, two, three of Harry, of Harry Enfield and Charms, then a film. I think there was a big gap Mm. of a number of years. It was quite odd. And people had moved, people had moved on. Yeah. And suddenly it was, it came back and suddenly it was like this pete tong story of having it large in ibiza yeah so i'd moved on a lot of people i think had moved on but i know this film's kind of picked up a cult status because it mm. didn't do very well when it came out it was i remember it being slated
1: yeah like no one like okay so this is a list of films that came out in the year 2000 which is when this came out yeah gladiator oh my god <laughs> x-men Aaron brokovich ah, ah which see our podcast we have done on um, podcast. And like in the tea market, there was Scream 3, Scary Movie, Bring It On, Dude, Where's My Car? Kevin and Perry is nowhere near as good as any of those films. No, But it will always have a place in my heart. But they come from a different world. Harry Enfield
0: is not at his, his, his finger is not on the pulse of pop culture. Yeah. He is a, a British at the time, alternative comedy comedian. Yeah. And comedy writer. Yeah and performer, he's not, you know, hip. Now he's seen as you know, oh,
1: dad jokes. Yeah. Well I mean the the all of his jokes are kind of dad jokes anyway, hmm. but I don't really mind that. I quite like that. I quite enjoy it. Um I had seen this film when it came out in two thousand and I, I think I was I felt the same way where I was like, Kevin and Perry, seriously, that's really weird. Like I love Harry Enfield and Chums but I wouldn't choose them to have their own film. Yeah.
0: Wayne um, and Wayne way Netter is the, yeah. the strongest. They're the ones who, because there's, there's right a social, terrain. there's a social commentary that could be had there, and that, yeah, and because they're so tragic. Yeah, there's so much, there's so much comedy because comedy and tragedy obviously go hand in hand, and especially in British comedy, mm. if you look at, I think I mentioned this on the Mean Girls episode. If you look at a lot of the British comedy icons, it's always tinged with tragedy. You know, Del Boy and Rodney. Are mm. piss poor and they're constantly trying to make it. This time next year, we'll be millionaires. What's that Greek mythology who's pushing the characters, pushing the, the rock up the hill? And it, yeah, yeah. That's, that's British comedy. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix Nights, a bunch of people trying to make this
1: working men's club work and it always, something always fucks up. Mm. Always fucks up. But that's different to Frasier, which is. Kind of things going wrong, but they're always all right in the end. Yeah, Frasier
0: very much like a French farce. You've got yeah. this, this, this brother duo who are so pompous, and they constantly have their bubble burst. The mm. joke's always on them. Yeah, but because they're rich and privileged, they're
1: fine. Yeah, exactly. Like they're never going to be. En- they're never going to end up on the street. No, they're never going to end up in jail. No, there's like no tragedy fine. there. Yeah, but it, it's still funny. It's hilarious. So, I I grew up on Frasier. Yeah, Frasier's great.
0: Frasier's brilliant. Even like, you know, after Daphne and and Niles nice. get together. Spoilers. <laughs> it's been nearly 20 years, people. <laughs> and the seasons kind of dip and, and they, they lose their feet a bit and then they come back at the end. Even mm. those dippy seasons are much better than some other shit that we've seen.
1: I always felt so much classier after watching an episode of Frasier. Ooh, with a glass of wine. Yeah, like... No, pause little like Sherry. Sherry Niles. sherry, Sherry. Yeah. Sherry Niles. <laughs> they go off to the theatre. Oh, yeah. Yeah, lovely
0: times. Which is like a complete contrast to Wayne Etta and... Fred and Perry. Yeah.
1: It's, Fred yeah. and Perry? Fred and Perry? That's a, that's a fashion line, Robert. <laughs> Kevin and Perry.
0: <laughs> what I was quite pleased with was the tone here was completely different. It was subtle. Mm. Or as subtle as two teenage boys played by 40-year-old people is ever going to be. But it was incredibly quiet, sometimes very subtle. Like it would just be, the joke would be that Perry is leaning back giving the mum bit of a look at the dinner table or Harry freezing because there's a girl in the bed and you know, gets a bit rapey.
1: That scene, I was like, oh, uh, I'm not sure that that would work today. That There's a scene where Kevin's gone to a party. He's in bed. He's trying to get to sleep on this bed and he's, this girl is really drunk and she takes off all her clothes and she goes to bed next to him in her bra and knickers. <laughs> and then he obviously immediately gets an enormous erection because that's mm-hmm. what happens apparently. And, uh, <laughs> We just see him lying there with barely moving for the entire night as she kind of uh, moves around so and turns the bed. And at sleep. one point, she's got her arm resting on his enormous hard-on. And it's just kind of like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's just... that. And then he puts his tongue in her mouth at one point. Yeah, It's really not okay. Like That, that scene was actually not, not okay.
0: <laughs> but for the 90s, it was seemingly
1: okay. It was seen, seen as hilarious. But wow. now, hashtag me too... Mm. Hashtag time's up. Time's up, Joshua. I think that scene probably would have worked better if it was Perry, because the the reason that this film actually works quite well in a lot of ways is that Perry is played by a middle-aged woman. Yeah, Kathy Burke. And so the joke becomes the artifice of it all, actually. And so if it had been her lying in bed with this, you'd know it was fake, you'd know it was a fake boner. Yes. It would make it less rapey, I think, than it was with Kevin.
0: That actually leads on to a, a, a point that I'm really interested in. Mm. So obviously Kevin is played by Harry Anfield, who is clearly 40. But in the context of the narrative, it's just accepted that he's a 15, 16, 17-year-old teenager. And Perry is played by Kathy Burke, who is clearly 40, but in the context of the film, is fifteen, 15, 16, 17-year-old Boy, can these characters be rebooted with other people playing it? Are the characters themselves strong enough to stand shoulder to shoulder with Bill and Ted or Jane, Son and Bob or Beavers and Butthead? Or are they only strong because we're seeing middle-aged people portray the idea of a trope of a teenager in these reasonably... Ordinary slash ludicrous situations.
1: It just wouldn't work if it wasn't them. I just don't. They are. They are bringing the funny. It's kind of that that the voice that Kathy Burke puts on and.
0: Louisa Mr. Yeah,
1: and just the, the funny walk when we first see her and she's like swaggering through the, the yeah. Wall. That's um, the Harlequin Centre in Watford. Oh, is it? Ah, yeah, glamorous, glamorous. Yeah, I think it's them. I think. I mean, K- Kevin is by. Necessity really. He's by. <laughs> he's really annoying. Like he oinks all the time, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, oh, I'm not your slave." <laughs> yeah. I actually counted how many times he, said his two he says. He says, "I'm not your slave" three times, and that is so unfair. He says four times. <laughs> I thought it was going to be more. I was surprised at their restraint. Mm. So four times is once every what twenty minutes, basically. Yeah, this film's um,
0: eighty-two minutes long. But it doesn't even reach the 90 minute mark.
1: He's really annoying and the character is annoying but Harry Enfield doing it is funny and having Kathy Bates I think is so genius. It's like, it's it's one of the first examples surely of like gender blind casting or well, definitely from a British perspective where yeah. it doesn't matter that it's a woman. You, you know, it, it makes it funnier. Do you say all that because
0: it's like a a nostalgic thing? We grew up on those two people playing those two characters.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If I I saw this now without having ever seen it, I would have thought it was an absolute piece of rubbish. But also, would you question why Kevin and Perry are like that?
0: Would you not just think they are both on the spectrum? (laughs) You would think, why is this... I mean, you might view it tragically. Why are they treating this... 40-year-old, clearly autistic man (laughs) and his dim-witted friend in this manner. Yeah. Why is he still
1: living at home? Why are they not allowing him to be self-sufficient? Yeah, no, well, there's obviously that, there's a suspension of disbelief there where you just have to accept. But it's like, it's It's kind of like Howard the Duck where she ends up shagging a duck and no one seems to worry about it. I've not seen Howard the Duck in a long time. I didn't realise they fucked. Yeah, they do. That's like the big thing is when they're in bed together. That's a George Lucas yeah. thing, isn't it? 1986, George Lucas. He
0: doesn't do sex. But, you know, there's I certain... don't do sex. There's no sex in
1: space. <laughs> That's my George Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> I think nostalgia, you know, it has its... Um, it has a power. That's why we're seeing 90s properties rebooted, 80s properties rebooted. It's like a constant cycle. That's why fashion always goes in cycles. Yeah. Because people want to feel those you know, whatever they felt 20 years ago. And it's exciting and it, it makes them happy in some way. Like I, I rewatching this, it took me straight back to being 17 years old, going away on a holiday. Like growing up, we didn't really have much money. We never went on holiday. But then when I was around 16, 15, that's when my parents were teachers and they were making enough money for us to actually go away on holiday. And Where so did we, you go? So we would road. go to like Lanzarote, oh wow, and, and like Menorca and stuff, oh. which was obviously the height of class. <laughs> um, and it just reminds me of being a teenager, going out there, meeting other teenagers, not wanting to be really around my parents that much, going out on a night night out in inverted commas with these other teenagers going to a crappy club, having two beers and feeling absolutely wasted. Nothing's changed. And I, I know, exactly. And then rolling home at like 11pm.
0: I can't imagine anything worse than going on a holiday like that. I've so you've to, not? You... I've been to Gran Canaria with a couple of friends. Oh, I've heard all about that. <laughs> um, and we obviously spent some time at the Jumbo Centre, but my favourite part of the holiday was just sitting around the pool or sitting on the beach. Just chillaxing. Because uh, I'm 35, I can't be arsed with the clubbing. Yeah. I can't, can't be asked with the clubbing. And I think another sign of my age is at the end, when the Patterson's saw Kevin and Perry going into the club and they were like, oh, let's go in. It's the, the big night for, you know, the, the, their song's going to get shown. My reaction was, yeah, that'd be lovely. How proud are <laughs> they going to be as parents? Yeah. <laughs> How proud are they going to be as parents that they walk in and they can see, they can share that moment with their son. I know, And then it turned out that they're inadvertently... You know, recorded sex tape was being looped and yeah. looped and looped.
1: All I wanna do is do it. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I don't remember that song. Was that ever released as a single? I, pff, I hope not. It was pretty dreadful. I actually thought a lot of the club music was really good, and I was like, yeah, trance, trance, trance. Yeah, as club music, but it doesn't lend itself to comedy. No, that's true. It was kind of incongruous and a bit like, oh, okay, that's all right. So that's cool, but then everything else in the movie isn't cool. Yeah. The parents thing, I, I felt that because, so a couple of years ago I watched, there's a TV show from the 90s called My So-Called Life, which had I remember that. Claire Danes mm-hmm. as this grumpy teenager. And I never watched it in the 90s because it wasn't on terrestrial TV or something. Mm-hmm. Or it was, but I missed it. And re-watching it as a 27 or 8 year old I was like, these kids are really, really irritating. And I love the parents. I was like, I was purely watching it to see how the parents' relationship would evolve over those 25 episodes. And I was just like, God, wow, I'm no longer in the creek.
0: Yeah, that's, that was what I was about to say. If we watched Dawson's Creek now, we would probably more identify with Mitch, mm-hmm. not Dawson and yeah, Perry.
1: Absolutely. And the grandmother. There <laughs> yeah, was a grandmother in Yeah, Jen, Creek? Yeah, Jen lived with her gran. I don't remember that. Yeah.
0: Oh yes, because they weren't talking to the father because Jack was gay. Was Jack Jen's yeah. brother?
1: No, no. Jen Jack was Jen's friend. And when Jack came out and his dad wasn't okay with it, Jack moved in with Jen right. and her brother. I friend. remember them living together. Yeah. Um God, that's 20 years ago, all that. Oh God, and I still love it. <laughs> you still love it. Do you do you think that we would have had the in betweeners if this film hadn't come out?
0: I, I don't think... I think
1: there's strong
0: links between the in, in between us films. Because mm. there's two or three in between us films.
1: There's two, yeah. There's
0: two. But the the TV series has nothing to do
1: with Kevin like, and Perry. There's no sketch. links there at all. No. You know? But it is still kind of pointing and looking at the ridiculousness of teenage boys. Which is what yeah. Kevin and Perry did. Yeah. That kind and of- has
0: that not also been done... Elsewhere, outside of Kevin and Perry, since and before. Are
1: there, are there any other kind of British shows or films that are so specifically about stupid teenage boys? Like Adrian Mole. I was, I was listening to a really mm. old Desert Island Discs the other day, and Sue Townsend talking about teenage boys. And um, she said something very interesting, because she was talking about how... She was being questioned about why she chose to write about a teenage boy as when opposed to a girl as a girl because so many of the experiences were so personal to her that kind of um that pomposity that he had and that awkwardness and stuff and yeah. she said well it's easier to laugh at teenage boys than it is to laugh at teenage girls and i think that's kind of true yeah that is because they are just innately Stupid. Hilariously (laughs) stupid. But also...
0: And And awkward. Yeah, but it sounds horrible that it seems to be that you can can victimise or vilify boys a lot easier and get away with it and have comedy Mm. out of it than vilify a girl. Because girls in the wider eyes of society in the 70s, 80s and 90s were already seen as the the weaker species. So why would you kick someone when they're down? That's
1: not what comedy is about no you're right yeah and that makes me think of things like um this idea that men can't be uh are kind of immune to domestic abuse or sexual abuse yes and how that that can't happen to them because they're, how could it because you know they're men yeah exactly yeah. like they shouldn't be able to get abused in any way and sorry yeah, we got into a very serious topic from talking about kevin and perry but which I don't think Harry Enfield would ever have imagined would no, happen. No, I know. Wow, look at us being all uh, on, on it and stuff. But the,
0: the danger, if the in-betweeners was about a group of girls, hmm. the laziness that would have happened is they would just have been a bunch of bitches. That would be what the writers would fall back on. That's what it would become about. You wouldn't necessarily... Like the girls in Kevin and Perry, those two girls, there's not that much comedy that comes from them. It's gross childish, quote-unquote, male comedy mm. that they're popping their zits and they're yeah. popping their belly buttons.
1: Yeah. They've got infected piercings. They've got infected piercings.
0: Yeah. You can have those gross moments with boy characters, but it doesn't seem to work if you have gross girls. <laughs> it seems to be acceptable that the boys can be gross. Kevin ate perry's shit <laughs> oh man the and carried on obviously. in the film with our sympathies yeah girls would be labeled as a shit eater and i don't think the writers and maybe you know the the, the viewing public at the time in the late 90s early 2000s would have accepted that and allowed the character to move on un tarnished.
1: Well that's why Bridesmaids was such a big deal in 2011 because they had a scene where they all got food poisoning and shat themselves. (laughs) Shat down the drain. Yeah and like vomited all over each other and that was kind of revolutionary apparently. Yeah. Well no I would say Bridesmaid
0: definitely is and it was almost, it gave the studios confidence and it also empowered female performers and female filmmakers to make films with female centric Casts. Mm. I just think the opportunity has been slightly missed of late because all the films that are coming out where we've got female groups leading these films are all remakes mm. of films that were made famous by male groups. So yeah, Ghostbusters and Ocean's 8, which mm. is coming out, which yeah. is based on a film by Steven Soderbergh, Ocean's 11, which is a male dominated cast which in itself is a remake of a 1960s film called oceans 11 with a male dominated cast
1: yeah it's like they can't be bothered to think or maybe i don't know i think actually maybe that is more to do with um brand recognition and marketability and kind of going well this is a very well established brand ghostbusters everyone loves that let's see what happens if we make one with girls Instead. And that means that they feel they have an inbuilt audience. Of course they were wrong because that film bombed. Yes. Um because it didn't feel like a Ghostbusters film, it just felt like an SNL sketch. Well yeah, there's that. And I think Oceans eight is gonna bomb as well because nobody wants to see a female version of Ocean's Eleven because Which is also so fresh in their minds. Yeah, I know. It's like well, if you want if you want to do a female ensemble, and you absolutely should because I love female ensembles, like uh Buffy and Romeo you know, Child and, Michelle. and Romeo and Michelle, all of that, bring it on, fantastic. Yoga hoses. Yoga hoses. <laughs> Do it. But you don't need to um I'm, I'm choosing my words very carefully because I don't want to come across as kind of sexist, but you give them their the their own original material that yeah. is actually good.
0: Yes. Don't that's not sexist at all no. It's, you don't need to keep basing all that shit on yeah. male shit. Yeah. You don't need the association with men in order to make the women successful. They're funny people. Yeah. Let them be funny. Yeah. But make sure the script is tight. Yeah. In the case of Kevin and Perry, I don't think the script is very good. Half an hour in, I was like, so that's the story. Mm-hmm. Because it takes far too long to get anywhere. Mm. And it's a shame. It's a shame that they've missed the trick. Because this could have been... A series. They could have run with these. They could have done one every couple of years until it <laughs> got to the point where Harry Enfield and Kathy
1: Bilt were too old to really pass as teenagers. They would have still done it even when they were too old. Yeah, it could, it could uh, have been
0: like an Adrian Mole thing where we check back in every couple of years and see where
1: these characters are. I'm just, I'm just looking up how much this actually made in America. It was 10 million, wasn't it? Was it?
0: On Wikipedia it says
1: 10 million. Does it? Because when I go to Box Office Mojo, um, no, it made ten million pounds. So that means in England oh. it made that, I think. In on Box Office Mojo, uh, it doesn't have any information about the American release date. All it has is the Czech Republic, where it made like eleven thousand dollars. <laughs> Maybe it didn't even come out. Eleven thousand yeah. dollars. Wow. Maybe it didn't even come out in America. Maybe it didn't. They don't. They don't know who Harry Enfield is. No, I. I would be. I suppose they wouldn't even bother trying. No. Did you know it's got a 0% score on Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> I mean, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, but Radio Times gave it three out of five. At the time? Yeah. Or out of pity a long time later? I do wonder, though, if the whole representation of teenage girls is that you you can't be like, girls are gross, too, because we've spent so long trying to destroy the the kind of vernacular of girls are weak. As in now or then? Well, I don't know. Is it still going on? Are there any gross-out female, like, young, like, teenage girl comedies? There aren't, really, are there? I don't they? think there've ever been. Yeah. And is it because we're trying to protect teenage girls or to change the conversation away from their weak and they are destined for the kitchen, all mm. that kind of shit? Um is it because we're trying so hard to make them seem legitimate and their issues are important that we can't make them funny? Like all the girls in Us, they are very sensible and yes. they're kind of foils for the idiot they're also boys. very blonde and very pretty and very yeah, busty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the girls in this, actually, I couldn't really tell how I felt about the girls in Kevin and Perry because they were kind of as stupid as Kevin and Perry. Yeah. Which... I didn't mind, actually, because it was kind of like, let's just take the piss out of everyone. But then it doesn't give you balance. It doesn't give yeah. you
0: much. It...
1: Well, there were cartoons, weren't
0: they? All of yeah. them. Yeah. Well, they were all cartoons. I mean, the parents weren't cartoons. and No, that's the thing. Even that... the guy who's not Colin Firth, because the guy reminded
1: me of Colin oh, Firth. Yeah.
0: What's his name? James.
1: From Vicar um, Dibley.
0: Yes, him. Yes, yes, yes. He's really funny. Very funny. James Fleet, yes. And she's um, hilarious, Louisa, Louisa Rose. But they are very sensible characters, whereas Kevin and Perry and the two girls are very comical. Even Reese Iffens is slightly comic book, but you could take that character and that performance and put him in a, a serious movie about Ibiza DJs, <laughs> maybe starring like Steve Coogan, and have that performance play the same. Yeah. But Kevin and Perry. I think the biggest problem for me is that they are sketch ideas and they don't work in a big film. Mm -hmm. If they had a proper script with a proper storyline and a proper focus, it would have worked. But the fact that they were taking the performances down to a subtle, more quiet level kind of killed it. Mm. It's like throwing water on a fire, it Mm -hmm. just completely killed it. And for a comedy, I didn't find myself laughing. Right, and there wasn't tragedy to feel sorry for anyone because mm. the tragedy they tried to make the tragedy come from the comedy like Kevin eating the shit or um, trying to show off to Perry that he'd shag that other girl and then she comes and shouts at him and he gets really embarrassed goes bright red it goes bright red it just
1: it didn't work for me I I think because of the nostalgia I probably would watch it again oh with a couple of beers just because it's it's just silliness and you haven't got to concentrate Mm. I think I watched it after watching The Great Gatsby and I was so ready just to watch some nonsense Um, it's kind of like a palate cleanser (laughs) a bit like the poo Um, but I uh, (laughs) I love how unapologetically British it is I love how it's like okay so there's like sports jackets there's a cul-de-sac there's a dirty mags from a corner shop there's fish fingers for dinner Jam sandwich,
0: jam sandwich. <laughs> Can like, I have a jam sandwich, please?
1: Kevin's bedroom is covered in Union Jacks. Yes. This film is just like, we're not gonna even, even going to try to chase America. We are going to be so British that it's actually alienating everybody else. Well, maybe they do not even release it in America then. I don't think they did. So,
0: I think if they released it now, they'd probably get a bit of business just based on the fact that Britain is so heavily represented. But they like they
1: like period Britain. They like serious well, But they started hurt. off in Period Britain.
0: Like when I first put it on and it was like from Berlin, this and the other. Yeah. I had to pause it and think, well, have I put have I clicked the wrong file on Amazon? Yeah. And I was like, no, where are they going with this? <laughs> and I was quite interested in that, and then it just turned into a really shit blowjob joke. Yeah. My front bottom. Yeah, I know. So dad joke. Yeah. It well, because he is a dad. Just doesn't fucking work. Kathy Burke as Perry. She is brilliant. She I, she makes this film watchable. She has this wide-eyed dimness. Yeah. And she has her little walk and sort of the little mouth and the the innocence. Yeah. The they're not malicious characters. Yeah. But I could watch her
1: all day playing Perry. Me too. I just love every time she was on screen I thought she was brilliant. Even when she's just even when she's just like sitting in the bed asking Kevin the same question over again Mm. it's hilarious and like when she goes next door to film Kevin's Kevin's (laughs) mum and dad having sex and she's just looking through the window like ooh yeah ooh Ooh, it's, it's really
0: funny. Or later when she's lying, I saw I saw a lizard, and I just wanted. And then, and then it was. A, anyway, she's pulling the tape apart, trying to destroy the lie and the evidence uh, at the same time.
1: And she makes it okay that she's like trannies and like bum oh, boys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's, gay lovers. Yeah, it's like that. That was a moment in popular in British culture. Where she gets she Perry gets corrected from saying "bum boys" to "gay lovers," yes, and that was very much a moment in our recent history where Mm. it wasn't okay to say that's a gay boy or a pifter.
0: No, because Labour in power and Mm. everyone was incredibly liberal, Mm. and you know the gay the gay liberation movement in this country was moving towards uh, equal age of consent, yeah, and only. Only four years after this, civil partnerships. Yeah,
1: that was hilarious as well. Actually, watching when those when the girls get with those hunky guys, I was like, they look really gay. <gasps> that's what I was. Thinking. Was it yeah. just the nineties, or were they really gay? And then obviously <laughs> they were gay, and I was like, yep, still got it. Every time I go to Manchester,
0: those those guys, that aesthetic, it just mm. that's Manchester to me. Tanned,
1: tiny shorts, floppy hair,
0: exquisite eyebrows, yeah. or white trousers, a vest, and a sailor top with angel <laughs> wings.
1: Oh.
0: So that was Kevin and Perry Go Large directed by Ed By, who's actually married to Ruby Wax.
1: Is he? I he love is, Ruby yeah. Wax. Love Ruby love Wax. Love her. Did you watch Kevin and Perry Go Large? Did you go large like we did? Are you a fellow DJ? Get on Twitter and let us know at Torn Stubbs Pod.
0: And if you like what we do, then subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you like film, TV, music and culture, head to Trash, which is at movetotrash.co.uk. We're off to have it large. Until next time, I remain Robert Gershenson.
1: I'm Joshua Winning.
0: Cut!